one of the great difficulties of this day is our inability to express both the horror and the glory of what we are remembering. Indeed, silence is probably the best response. What can be said that does not trivialize Christ's death, that does not dull the edge of this great mystery? I cannot think of anything that does not do this. And rather this, uh, this afternoon, of, rather than, than speaking of the event itself, which we are remembering, which we just heard, I want to speak for a moment about our response to it. Our response to it as we heard in the Hebrews reading. Our Hebrews reading begins by talking about Christ's great sacrifice as the great sacrifice, the sacrifice to which all the Old Testament sacrifices looked forward to, the complete and full and perfect sacrifice of Christ. And after speaking of His sacrifice, it tells us to draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. It tells us with confidence to enter into the presence of God. What does it mean when it tells us to draw near? How do we do that? One meaning meaning could be what we are doing here today. To turn our attentions, our minds towards Him in silent meditation, giving attention to Christ's work, soaking, if you will, in what He has done for us, setting apart time from our day to remember, to enter into in our thoughts and in our meditations the work of Christ, and returning our prayers to Him. I do believe that that is a way of drawing near one that we do not do enough of, one that is often trivialized as something that is not practical, that we do not see direct effects to. It's for those who are otherworldly, not for those who have their feet squarely on the ground. And I would say, no, we are wrong. Those are lies of the devil that keep us from doing the things we need to do. But there is other, another way, there may be many other ways of drawing near, but there's one other way that I want to highlight today, and one for which I can give a concrete example. I remember not that long ago visiting a, someone who is, I think, truly a saint. Uh, and this person was in great pain, physical pain. Um, had had an injury and was dealing with a lot of of intense physical pain. Before I left the person, I was going to pray with them, and they said, before you pray, I want to say something that just occurred to me. I said, I'm in a lot of pain, and it, it hurt, but I have pain medication that I can take. 
I think of my Lord, I think of Jesus, who did not have pain medication and suffered excruciating pain without any relief. And He did that for me. I think that is a way of drawing near as well of taking the experience and work of Christ and applying it to my life. Seeing what I experience in light of what Christ has experienced, what He has done and what He has done on my behalf. Indeed, in silent meditation, we look towards the eternal truth. We turn our hearts towards the things that are true and real but seem beyond us. In this other way, we take those eternal truths and look at the world in light of them. Look at our experience in light of them and say, that truth is the greater one. I will understand my experience in light of what Christ has done. And in so doing, we are drawing near. We are bringing His reality to bear upon ours. And we draw near to Him. This is true not just of Christ's physical pain, but also of our emotional pain, His loneliness, rejection, His betrayal. We draw near to Him when we bring that pain to bear upon ours and recognize his, his doing these things on our behalf and welcome, welcome Him into our experience as well. But we aren't simply to draw near, just draw near. We are to draw near with confidence, with full assurance of faith. I spoke last night about Christ's confidence, and I will speak about it again today. Christ was confident when He washed the disciples' feet. John makes that clear. He was confident of the work He was going to do. And here we are called to be confident in our drawing near unto Him. We are not simply called to remember sin that put Christ on the cross, our sin that put Christ on the cross. We're not called to remember that just so that we will feel bad. This is Good Friday is not a day in which Jesus says, I just hope you feel bad. We are to mourn. Mourning is proper. It is right. We are to mourn the sins that we find in the world. We are to mourn the sins that we find in our own heart. If we do not do that, we are not living in truth. If we do not mourn, we are, taking, we are not taking seriously our sin and its effect. We must mourn our sin. But with our mourning is the recognition that Christ's work is effectual, that forgiveness is real. His forgiveness. And therefore, we must hold fast to the confession of our own faith without wavering. That's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. But I am reminded often of what my father would tell me 
as boys when we tell them we can't do something because it was hard. He says, just because some boys, just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Don't tell me you can't do it. And God tells us, with me, all things are possible. So we draw near on this day with the assurance that what He tells us happened this day is real. The effect of what He has done is real. That He offers forgiveness. And that is for us. And He offers us a way into His presence. Into the very holiest of places. Because of what He has endured. Because of what He has done for us. As I said last night, my prayer for this, us this week is that we grow in love for one another and in confidence of what, what Christ has done. And this is what I continue to pray, that on this day, on this Good Friday, we grow in confidence in the reality of Christ's death and the reality of the effect of Christ's death. And so we look at the cross today. When we do that, when we look at the cross today, let us look with sorrow and with gratitude. Let us look with confidence in what it says to us and with a determination to cling to that truth in the honor of the one who has given himself for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.